Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. Joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And if you've uh, not been sleeping under a rock, you've seen the uh, the news, the ads, or you've watched the series Selling Tampa on Netflix. Uh, put a great big spotlight on Tampa, which is pretty sure cool. A lot, of, a lot of people watched it. I had a lot of people messaging me and asking me about it and... And, um, you know, I think the um, one of the things that, that I always that I'm a firm believer in um, all press is good press. You know, I mean, you know, if if there is something happening that gets people talking about Tampa, it gets people searching Tampa, looking up Tampa. So I know the reviews were mixed from the real estate community. You know, right. I had friends go online and say that, oh, it was this or it was that or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. And and then I had friends go on and say, hey, I thought that that it was it's TV. Right. You know, it, it's TV. It's not necessarily a documentary on what happens every day in the life <laughs> right, of, of, of an average real estate agent. It's a it's a TV show about a group of agents to sell real estate in Tampa and have the, their, their own stuff going on in their life that a lot of people have going on. But the thing that 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 I thought was um, powerful about it is that it kind of continues the path of you know, all this huge spotlight on Tampa. You know, we've got world champion sports teams. We've got, you know, great weather, except for uh, this weekend. You're right. Yeah, yeah except uh, for a little this chilly, week, yeah. a little too chilly, you know. So it's, it's, it's funny, like, you know, a little sidebar here, but I did a video on our Instagram this week. And uh, I walk outside of my house and I say, oh, it's snowing. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's Tampa. I and, and I was bragging about the weather. And then like three days later, it <laughs> yeah. turns cold. Yeah. It's like, OK, really? <laughs> but but no, it, it, it puts a spotlight on Tampa. Anything like that where, you know, Netflix, it's a you know top series on Netflix and it's talking about our real estate market, our area, our city. People are going to search. People are going to look at it. It's there's there's pros and cons of stuff like that and you know the pros are that just like a, a winning hockey team that maybe not everybody in Tampa Bay is a fan of right a winning TV show uh, based in Tampa is going to put a spotlight and do good things for Tampa yeah it I mean it really did make our city I mean we know it's beautiful and whatnot but they did a great job with a lot of the aerials and shots of the water and different neighborhoods and everything else it, it really did put a spotlight on Tampa and I thought it you know it was, it, it was really well done and so and and you know just like any other real estate reality TV show, it isn't an actual depiction of the everyday life of what happens in real estate. There's a lot of things that are drummed up to make for good TV. Yes. You know, I have several friends that have been on show, the show and, and, and I've got people that uh, that I was in masterminds with uh, mastermind groups with before they hit it big on you know reality TV shows and they will tell you that a lot of it is staged a lot of it is piped up for TV a lot of the homes they show have already sold or aren't even on the market but they look sexy and they'll do well on TV you know the it, it's not supposed to be a, you know it's not an actual factual documentary and you know I, I saw real estate agents complaining about you know their professionalism or this or that and you know the difference is is that. Um, you know, these are cameras following, you know, these ladies around 365, 24, seven, a lot of people judging probably don't know what that's like and right, probably sure. don't want their mess ups or the times that they screw up or cuss or whatever it is yes. to be out there in the, in the public realm. Um, you know, but the reality is we all do it, you know, and, and so, um, you know, the, the other side of it was how much they do or they don't sell. It didn't, it says it, it, the show was called selling Tampa. It didn't say selling everything in Tampa. 
You know, right. it's selling to, they're clearly selling in Tampa. They're selling homes in Tampa. They're selling real estate in Tampa. But I know some, you know, there were probably real estate agents who were bitter or jealous and said, oh, well, they don't sell that much or they don't do this or they don't do that. And and, and the reality is, but you know what they did do? They got on Netflix. Yeah, they sure <laughs> did, right? So, uh, so kudos and it was to, one of the top 10 kudos shows to them I for saw a while, for yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, so I, kudos on kudos that, to so. them. Kudos to the show. You know, I, I obviously... Um, you know, I think anything talking about Tampa and putting spotlight on Tampa is good for our real estate market. I've, I've talked a lot about how our population growth and the uh, the number of people moving here from other areas and, and all the positive energy around Tampa just continues to, um, you know, to bring people. And, and so, you know, the one thing that I did find interesting was that some people said things like, well, I don't think that how they act depicts real estate agents or Tampa, you know, very well. And, and I think that's a, a little far-fetched, number one. And number two, uh, it, maybe it doesn't um, depict what your view of Tampa is, but maybe the view that they portray is attractive to someone who, you know, your perspective doesn't match, you know. So it, it put a spotlight on Tampa. That That's the reality of it. So, um, you know, whether you liked it, whether you hated it, whether you, you know, didn't like the depict, whatever it is. Um, you know, there were pros and cons to it and, and certainly it, it didn't, uh, it, it keeps people talking about, uh, you know, Tampa and our real estate market. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. And when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. If you want to see my blooper reels, they're out there too. I decided to put those out there. I saw that. For the first time, you know, uh, you know, I've done these, I've done it for so long the TV commercials. And I always just didn't show the blooper reels. Cause I was like, you know, I curse or I say this or I say that, man, are people going to judge me? Are they going to be bothered? But you know what? Everyone messes up. And, and the reality is if someone's going to get offended by that, if they don't think that the blooper reels are funny, so what? Like I, I'm going to be me. Uh, I'm going to show people that I mess up. Uh, some people think it's funny. Some people won't like it. And, you know, I don't really care. No, I think it's great that you've done it. You've obviously been doing this a lot longer than I have as far as being, you know, in the spotlight and the commercial. But it's real, too. It's right? transparent. So when you, you yeah. see it's real, it's, and it's not easy to do those no, things. No, it's You're not. trying to get a message you know, out. I've done it, a, you know, for, I've done it for a, a long time. And I can tell you that, you know, when you're trying to film a commercial and you've got a tight window, the, you know, Murphy's Law, something's going to happen. Like, <laughs> right. There are blooper reels where people come up and interrupt us. People, you know, drive by and rev their engine. Or right. you know, do a, I had one do a donut in front of me. Um, we had birds right. in one that was really funny. The birds at my house would not shut up, and so you know the reality is is that people lose their cool. People say things that maybe they're not going to say at church on Sunday, but, right. but that's why they go to church on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, um, but but yeah. So if you want to check out our blooper reels, I think they're pretty funny. You can see them again on all of our socials at. Uh, the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. So, you know, more stuff happening in, in Tampa real estate. I looked at our statistics this past week, and for the very first time, uh, the average sale price in our market went above 400000 And I remember it wasn't too, you know, having done this for 16 years now, it wasn't too long ago the 400,000 was like uber luxury, right? You know, yes. I mean, it was, you know, we had an average sale price at one point during my real estate career around 100 grand yeah. in our market, you know, during the short sale foreclosure crisis. So to see a $400,000 average sale price is is pretty remarkable. Um the, you know, the concerns that that you know, we're hearing from some people are our price is getting to be too much, especially if interest rates go up. And and truthfully, I don't think so. 
Um, I think it certainly will get too high for some people, but there's enough of an audience and enough buyers out there that are still willing to gobble up the inventory that so far these rises in price, you know, I think our average sale price went from 320-ish to 400 last yeah, year. Yeah, that's incredible. It, we didn't we didn't lose any buyer traffic. Right. You know, we all we keep doing is seeing fewer and fewer homes People continue to rent them, hold on to them, and just say, why would I sell them when they're going up at this pace compared where else am I going to put my money? So, um, you know, the 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 moral of the story is, um, you know, buy real estate. Um, you know, buy real estate, and if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're, you're going to miss out financially, and our market isn't going to slow down anytime soon on, on pricing. It, it may... Well, let me rephrase that. It may slow down a little bit, but it's certainly not going to depress. Yeah, it's, it's we the, may see the appreciation rate right, slow down a little, right, but we're not going to see it drop. In other words, we're not going to go from 400 to 350. Correct. It's going to keep going up. It's just maybe not at the same pace. Although, all the predictions are for this year, that it including will. from our friends at Zillow, um, even though their track record ain't the greatest, uh, with, with uh, data analytics on some things, uh, it's going to keep going up. I mean, my, my expectation is we're probably approaching 500 by the end of the year. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's astonishing month after month. We're waiting for you know something to happen. and It's just not. And it keeps going. Inventory remains extremely low. Um, you know, we'll see if the interest rates have any sort of impact. But, it, you know, and we've talked about this before. When interest rates have these small little blips up, a lot of times that actually gets people yeah. off the fence yeah. and it actually gets busier. Not, you know, it, it's the opposite of what everybody will think. And, and I'm, I'm we're seeing that on the mortgage side where a lot of people on the refi side that didn't get it done before, are like, oh, no, now I better really do it. Right. This yeah. might be my last chance. So yeah. And, it. And, and, it, and it really does. Uh, a quarter point or even a half point isn't knocking that many people out of the market, especially when you have a surplus of buyers. I mean, I've I've put homes on the market recently that have gone five, 10, 20 percent above asking with bidding wars like crazy. And there's enough people out there willing to pay it that um, that even if you do lose some of your buyer audience, um, we can't serve them all anyway. Yeah, I mean the reality is there's not enough homes for the for the number of buyers that are out there, and um, you know people uh, that that opt out and say you know what I'm going to not buy they're going to lose out financially and it's not going to hurt the market at all because there's there's a surplus, especially because people keep moving here from other areas. You know yes. people people that don't like you know COVID lockdowns or they don't like state income tax or they don't like the weather. Uh, you know, like, I mean, hopefully we don't lose any of them this weekend. <laughs> they came down for Gasparilla right. and like, they come from New York for Gasparilla. Like, Get this. Yeah, I'm going home. Right. I was, it was supposed to be 80 degrees well, down well, here. I it's did, 30. Yeah. Well, well, this weekend they're getting hammered up in the Northeast too. So it's, yeah. it's you know, it's, it's still much better just yeah. for us that have been down here. It's, it's cold. Yeah. And um, so, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And, um, you know, if you do have a home to sell, um, you know, one of the things that, that happens in a hot real estate market is that, um, you know, a lot of people get their license and, and it's not hard to sell a home. Uh, the difference is selling it and getting the most amount of money out of it. For Experience sure. plays in that. You get what you pay for. If you're trying to hire somebody that'll do it cheaper, um, you're, you're going to lose equity. You're, you know, if someone can't negotiate their own fee. They're not going to be negotiate your equity. You know, you're you're going to lose out on experience, and and so um, that's one thing I think we offer to the market right now that that we're preaching to people is, yeah, you can hire your friend that just got their license, or you know, your neighbor or whatever. But the reality, and and they'll sell your house. But did you leave money on the table? And and a lot of times people are. I mean, I see homes all the time where I'm like, they accepted an offer too fast, or the marketing they left money on the table because the photos were bad, or the photos were taken on a rainy day, or uh, the, that agent doesn't pay to be exposed on Zillow or Realtor.com. So I think the key is 
get a second opinion and really ask yourself, are you hiring the person, not just that can sell it and it'll make you feel good and is nice to you and is your friend, but are you hiring the person that can put the most money in your pocket? You're selling the most expensive thing that you're going to sell typically. And a lot of people make the mistake of just hiring someone that can get it done instead of getting it done the best they possibly can and putting the most money in your pocket. And uh, that that's, I think, what we bring to the table in a market like this is we've you know, we we've been creating bidding wars, you know, for a decade on our listings. We, right. we knew how to create a bidding war before the market delivered it. We know how to deliver it ourselves because of our marketing strategies. So, you know, we've got a strong track record at negotiating through hundreds of bidding wars. We know how to do it. We know how to, you know, position yourself so you can get the most amount of money in your pocket. And if you're not calling us, you're making a mistake and, and you're leaving money on the table. So if you're if you're wanting to sell your house, if you're thinking about it in the next six months, uh, start the process soon. We can set you up. We can help you uh, make choices over the next few months to position yourself uh, if you're not quite ready yet. And uh, make sure to check us out again at DuncanDuo.com. And we'll be back after a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Um, five mortgage and home buying tips for newlyweds. So, um, you know, it is a season. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of friends getting married um, right now. Uh, some of them second and third marriages, which no judgment. Hey, look, you know, to each their own. Um, but but the reality is, is that COVID sparked up a lot of people sitting at home, um, you know, finding new romantic interests and spending a lot of time at home. And um, I feel like more people are having babies because COVID kept them home. I feel right. like more people are getting married because they had more romance because they weren't as distracted. So, you know, we've got some mortgage and home buying tips for newlyweds. And the very first one is, you know, checking out your credit, but not just checking out your credit, but knowing your, your spouse's, spouse's credit, credit yeah. is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times what happens is, especially if you're newlywed or if your relationship hasn't been that long and you may not have any idea. It's not normally like a topic that comes up in the second or third date, right? Like, right. so how's your credit? That's not something you usually right. talk about until you go to do something like buy a house. Yes. So it may have never come up. And now all of a sudden it does. And it's very different than yes. than what you, you might have thought. You know, and you don't have to put both names on the mortgage. Correct. Um, both names mean when you get married, both names will be on title as kind of a homestead. That That's pretty Correct. much a, a, you know, a necessity as a, as a homestead primary residence. But- if you're not yet married and you're looking at buying a house, that's another conversation that you need to think about in terms of how you title. And and I, I unfortunately have seen a lot of quote unquote divorces from people that didn't get married. Correct. And they had to separate a bunch of assets out and a house is there and you know who owns it and they lived in it, but their name wasn't on it. And so it can it can definitely be complicated if you, you know, put put buying the house or incurring debt together prior to being legally married because it can cause extra, you know, wrinkles and ramifications. Um, you know, I've seen scenarios where a, spa- a future spouse put up a bunch of money to help the other spouse buy the house and then they don't end up getting married and that is not fun. Yeah, it's ugly. And and you know, one thing to point out too is that you know, both the tip is both spouses don't need to be on the mortgage. You can both still be on the title to the home and still have equal yeah. ownership. But if one person is going to, you know, cause detriment to get Correct. you qualified, they don't need to be on the yeah, loan. No doubt. But they could still be on title. You also need to determine how much home you need. It's an important conversation to have yes. um, because you're looking at it from a standpoint of what you're going to, you know, what are you going to need with your family? How soon are you going to have kids? You know, that, that sort of thing. Like, do you need home offices? Um, uh, you know, I think more people today live together before they get married and live together before they buy a home together. So they already kind of have a good understanding of that. But sometimes sure. 
they're all you know old fashioned traditional you know people that that don't do it that way, and their very first time living together is buying a house together after they get married, and you know so so the the reality is you just need to know how much house you need and 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 what's there. Uh, beware of interest rates that are too low. Um, you know that that is um, you know unfortunately. Um, sometimes those adjustable rate mortgages, you know, get offered and, and people will make the mistake of opting for something like that. And then, and then yeah, it can cause the, problems. The, and Right. The fine print can be sometimes, you know, it's like you go to a gas, you know, a busy intersection, you got four gas stations, everybody has three, you know, three of them have $3 gas and then one has gas for a dollar 50. You might not want to put that yeah. into your tank. Not, not only that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, usually you get what you pay for. Right. It looks too good to be true. But, but a lot of times the low interest rate loans require a lot more out of money, out of pocket money. Correct. A lot more down payment or you're buying rates down. And the struggle with that is, you know, for a lot of newlyweds is they're just starting out. Cash is important for them. They need yes, money in reserves. And, and that, you know, they spend a lot of money on a wedding. They need money in reserves. So, you know, that cash, you know, out of pocket may be uh, not as desirable, um, you know, when it comes to the adjustment on the interest rate. So make sure to pay attention to that as well. Then um, consider, um, you know, a, a house hack. Um, this was something that I thought was, um, you know, interesting. But, you know, maybe buy a duplex, right? Maybe buy a triplex and rent it out and cover some of your costs and build some equity uh, that way. Um, you know, th there aren't um, a ton of options for that in Tampa, but but they're out there. There are sure. some. So um, there are some things that you can do to help uh, jumpstart yourselves and maybe use that as your starter house and turn it into a rental and have income when you go buy your second house. Um, so there, there are a lot of options for people. I think one other um, caveat to um, you know, buying a home together as newlyweds is both of you having reasonable expectations about the path towards your dream home. Um, your goal should not be to get your dream home uh, as fresh, you know, newlyweds. You you right. got to grow into that. Living with someone is an adjustment. You learn idiosyncrasies. You learn things. Um, and, and not just living with someone, but having responsibility with someone. Um, you might learn that you need less space because you can't keep it clean. Or you might learn that you need this or you need that. And if you, you know, try and go for it all in the first house, um, you know, you, maybe you make a mistake, but it also, you know, you're, you might overextend yourself, you know. So um, for a lot of reasons, consider your first home, not your last home. Um, again, unless, of course, you're newlyweds and you're retired and you have millions of dollars in the bank and you know you can do whatever you want for most people that just isn't the case yes for so sure. so again you're listening to the duncan duo real estate show here on wfla news we're gonna be back continuing our conversation um after a quick break here on the duncan duo show so we're back here on the duncan duo show talking about the tampa bay real estate market you've probably heard uh the federal reserve came out with some information that it looks like we're gonna see uh interest rates rising some rate hikes on the way and um, we've already started to see that in the mortgage markets. Yes. Interest rates have started to trickle up um, from sub threes now to mid threes. It looks like things are yeah, hovering even around and, and maybe maybe continuing down that path. And and so I think um, you know I want to touch on this a little bit though because a Fed rate hike doesn't immediately mean a rise in interest rates for for mortgage rates. Okay? Correct. Uh, but I I do think that um you know for all intents and purposes this time it looks like it had a pretty quick impact on rising interest rates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw rates so far this year go up almost a full percentage point. We're at by about 0.875. 
on averages based on this week's uh, you know survey that came out across nationwide that the rates have gone up. So it's gone up relatively quickly, and that you know puts everybody's uh, you know kind of ears up and perks up a, a, a little bit. So rates did grow go up pretty quickly. We don't expect it to continue at such a fervor pace, like they're going to keep going up. They're not going to be like six and a half percent or something tomorrow, you know, type thing. But we do, you know, expect that for the first half of this year, rates are going to continue to trickle up. And then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I think that um, it will motivate some people, knock them off the fence. It will impact affordability for some people. I think where it's really causing an impact uh, is people not refinancing. Um, You know, I think the refinance market is going to drop off pretty considerably um, and people are going to kind of play the waiting game because as we've seen before, and I don't know if we'll see it this time, but when the when the Fed has changed rates before, rates would jump up and then they'll settle back down some. They'll start to drop a little bit um, and maybe not see as much of a, a, you know, maybe maybe they end up hovering around three and a half instead of high threes. So so again, we don't know that. But because the the way the mortgage and finance markets work is, is very complex. Um, the Fed rate doesn't exactly translate to, um, you know, mortgage rates. But I think most uh, most people I hear think that it's going to soften back down a little bit. Yeah, it, it should. And yeah, and what the Fed's trying to do by raise rates is tame inflation. And that actually helps long-term rates. So it's it's sort of a quandary. But yeah, March 16th is the day they, they're going to meet next and, and give the announcement. And, and all indication, they're going to cut that day. I mean, I, I would be shocking if they didn't do it. Or they're going to raise that day, I should say. They're going to raise the interest rates. And so that will have an immediate impact, though, on your car payments, your credit cards, home equity lines of credit. Right. So people are going to see that stuff that goes in there. The good news, you'll get a little bit more money in your savings account. Um, yeah. You know, you might go from less than 1%, maybe you get closer to 1% or whatever right. they're going to get you. But uh, yeah, rates rates are on the rise. So December home sales uh, dropped 4.6%. Um, and that was a national number. Uh, but what I did notice in Tampa is that we've seen a few months in a row now where we've seen a year over year decrease in the number of homes sold. So for example, um, you know, I think we're hovering around a 5% decrease in tw- late 2021 from t- late 2020 sales figures. So, the, you know, I, I saw those figures and people said, you know, people are like, oh, does this mean the market's off? No, it just means that there's half the number of homes available for sale. Right. I mean, realistically, we're at 0. 0.6 um, months of inventory. And the, 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 the market last year had about a you know, month and a half, a month and a quarter. And so there were a lot more homes available for sale. The issue isn't buyers because the closed transactions, in my opinion, does not represent the number of available buyers because there's so many buyers getting turned away and losing out on bidding wars. So in prior markets that were balanced, closed transactions would represent how many, you know, a pretty close indicator of how many buyers in their market. Today, with so many homes uh, getting bidding wars and people getting, uh, you know, not getting offers accepted. Um, the, the number of homes sold really isn't in a good indicator of demand. In my opinion, if um, NAR or some analytics firm wanted to come along and really track home demand, they would start having real estate agents track the number of offers they get on houses. And then sure. the number of offers would be the number of buyers in the marketplace. And in my experience, looking at the data, looking at the number of homes sold, uh, the number of offers um, is is substantially higher than the number of buyers. Yeah, that's you know, going, purely the number of buyers actually closing. Yeah, that's purely an inventory stat, right? Yep. That that the reason that the, number the reason those number of homes spread. sold is because that's what's available for sale, and um, so so nonetheless, 
Um, you know, I have no concerns about seeing a, a 5% drop in home sales year over year. Uh, prices are up 30% practically year over year. Right. Um, and and we just don't have a ton of inventory. That's really the biggest obstacle. Builders are scurrying. Developers are scurrying. Everyone's trying to create inventory. Um, but it's just not there. So, you know, and without more inventory, prices are just going to keep rising because there's going to be more demand for the homes that are there. And, um, you know. Is there a point in which it turns the other direction? Who knows at this point, you know, but but for now, um, home sales, you know, are t- trending a little lower than last year simply because of lack of available, you know, lack of available homes for sale. Yeah, I think we're in the early innings to use a baseball analogy of this of this story of the demand. I mean, it's not going away anytime soon. They can't. The, it's in, physically impossible to create enough inventory to you know change the dynamic it'll take years at this point so there's you know nothing is going to change you know coming soon as far as the the supply demand dynamic so you know i think the other thing that people misunderstand you know people that it's funny um i feel like every about every other person on my social media feed is a crypto or nft right yeah or stock market expert now and and you know, so I think our society has gotten so used to this on-demand, instantaneous gratification. You know, prices drop dramatically, prices go down dramatic or up dramatically. NFTs skyrocket, crypto prices skyrocket, stocks skyrocket. Um, you know, real estate doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It it never will. It's a very 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 slow moving market. So when changes happen in real estate. It takes months or years even to for the needle to start moving in a different direction to where you can actually you know see a trend happening. Uh, far too many people that are you know investing in crypto or stocks or NFT think that the same policies that cause Bitcoin to drop you know fifty percent over a one month period or whatever it is are going to cause houses to drop fifty percent. And and you know it's interesting because I remember hearing from people. And saying, oh, I remember back during the crash when homes dropped, you know, 50% in a month. That never happened. Right. Like, it didn't happen. I'm sorry. That is not factually supported. It never happened. So, were, I mean, did were homes dropping, you know, several percentage points a month? Of course. But 50% in a month, no. The bottom did not fall out of the real estate market. Um, did it trickle out? Yeah. Did it eventually get to the bottom? Yes, but it didn't fall. It rolled down a very, very, you know, long hill downward. It was not a very steep hill. Right. It took a long time to get there. It was certainly nothing like you see these fluctuations with crypto, NFT, and stocks. Nothing yeah, and like. there's a reason why you read about these things or you see it on TV or, or, or online or everything else. It's because they're extraordinary situations and they're stories and they can sell that in the media. And that's why you see them. That's not going to happen with real estate. You'll see some of the stories about real estate where it went up you know, X amount of dollars or you, know, you tripled your money, that sort of stuff. But it's a longer term, to your point, it's a longer term term wealth play, investing in real estate and buying homes in real estate, and it should be there. Take aside a home flipper, sure. right? A home flipper is a different of story. Course. But if you're buying a house that you're going to live in and that sort of stuff, don't expect to triple, quadruple your money in the first year. It's not going to happen. No. And, and I think the other thing that people have to pay attention to when it comes to uh, understanding real estate in terms of how the markets work, um, you know, it, it, there's so many things that factor into values of real estate, values of land, real estate markets. It, you know, you're talking interest rates, taxes, insurance. There's so many complications. And it, in, and these are things people live in and you, the majority of the homes 
are owned by people that live in them and use them and right. get a benefit out of them. This is not something that the majority of homes are used for investment or the majority of homes are someone trying to gain speculatively. Um, so so it's it's much different than other investment fields where you know you're investing in something that can go up and down dramatically that isn't actually getting use. When you buy a stock in Tesla, you get a certificate. Or you get a little, you know, little thing on your Ameritrade account. Right. You, know, you don't get use out of it. Housing is so much different than any of these other markets because you get use out of it. You you actually use it and live in it. You don't use and live in your stock. You don't use and live in your NFT. At least as far as I understand it, I don't know it that well. But it, you don't they're, use. They're trying it. to get it. You there. don't. <laughs> you don't get an actual coin from Bitcoin that right. you get to you know do things with. You know, housing is just a completely different animal. So these the people that are you know heavily invested in some of these you know other investment strategies, they see the principles and and they think oh how you know you know this this thing dropped fifty percent a month. Housing's gonna crash because all these other things are crashing and no. Doesn't work like that. People use their homes. They live in them. They have long-term financial obligations and commitments tied to them. That doesn't happen for the most, for the majority of people investing in these other things. They don't. They don't use them, and they don't have them tied to long-term mortgages and long-term rates. Right. And, you know, their insurance and taxes don't go up and down, and you know, so it's just it's completely different. You can't. You cannot compare what happens in other financial markets to real estate at all. So I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, you nailed that there. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We've talked about this already, but Case Shiller price increases. Uh, the two Florida cities that were in the top three, Tampa was number two. Uh, it looked like Phoenix came in at um, number a little one. bit above uh, Tampa, I want to say. I think Tampa was at 29%. Miami was 26.6%. And, um, you know, nonetheless... Uh, just it, just incredible, right? Like so, so Phoenix led the way with thirty two percent year over year price increase appreciation. Yeah, it's okay. crazy. Tampa was twenty nine, a Miami twenty six six. So Tampa continues um, edging out Vegas, Dallas, San Diego. Dramatic price increases continuing, and and I think that do I think we'll see thirty percent again this year? No, but I don't think it'll be that far off. I mean, we just have way too many people wanting to live here. Yeah, and it, it's incredible. So the case shiller is kind of the gold standard that you know out there and looking at this. And they're a little bit dated report. This was the November report that came out. Well, but all the data is like that. Yeah, like a lot of people have to understand when you see real estate data out there, it's two months old. You can't. Yeah, and but Tampa was actually number one in the nation month over month. Correct. Yeah, at two point one percent, which is just absolutely incredible. Number one in the nation for for home sales in November. It goes in there, and so what that just goes to show you tell you is every the sentiment of what we've been talking about is the market's still there. It's hotter than ever. Yeah, hotter than ever. Price is still rising. We just we can't create more inventory. Right. Um, and and realistically, we can't create more land. We need we need more land. Uh, I saw an article too that South Florida is running out of land. You know, unless you go to Alligator Alley, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. You know, who wants and to no build? Wants to who wants there. to build there? You know. <laughs> yep. So uh, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're gonna be back. We continue our conversation after a quick break. Uh, here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And if you're thinking about getting a condo and getting a mortgage. Cross your fingers. Yes, it's going to be more difficult. It's getting more complicated. There's new loans coming for condo projects. Uh, Fannie and Freddie have put uh, tighter loan requirements in post the Surfside condo building collapse. They're really geared at condo questionnaires, HOAs, and the, in the pursuit of buying documentation from sellers related to engineering reports, stability of buildings, 
Uh, they want to make sure that um, you know condo projects have these things, and if they don't, they're not going to finance on them. And guess what? There's a lot that don't have it. Yes, they there's don't. a lot that don't have these things and are working on getting them. So until a lot of that stuff sorts out, there are going to be condo buildings that you can't get loans on unless uh, a portfolio lender or someone wants to loan on it. Fannie and Freddie are, are going to make it harder to qualify for a loan in Florida. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they sure are. And so it's going to be more difficult to get a mortgage on that. And you're right. That's the problem is, is that a lot of these you know, condo complexes or the HOA and the management companies don't have access to these documentations or they're so old. And right now, if you're a HOA in a condo building, um, which I happen to be be on one, if you're trying to get an engineering report, nobody wants to do them for a building because they're not the engineering companies aren't sure what the new rules are. Well, and not either. only that, but and they're they putting their liable exactly, and so their limit of liability that they're putting on there is to like the value of their report. So it, there's no liability. So it's it's a big mess out there that's going to need to be sorted out before, and it's going to take a long time. Yeah. There's going to be special assessments that buildings are going to assess to be able to pay for this yes um you know there again so the number of buildings qualifying for traditional financing you know number of condo buildings is going to drop dramatically um in florida so uh hopefully you have cash um if not you may it may negatively impact your value i mean there are some communities out there that you know that rely on people being able to get loans in their in their buildings there's a lot of cash out there buying condos you know so so some of them won't get hit but uh, there are definitely some buildings out there where, where, where you're going to see some values uh, drop in condos because of these new requirements and the and the restrictions that Fannie and Freddie are putting yeah, in Yeah, and I think the, the hardest impact will be right in the beginning as this goes into effect where people can't get in. They can't, but as the months go on, you know, more condo complexes will get this paperwork in order. The questionnaires, it'll, it'll become more mainstream and they'll have the it'll information. Take, it, it'll yeah, but at first up, it's going to be it's going to be painful you know what for show. a little bit. Yep. The, the other thing that, that I would say is that this is where, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not a fan of HOAs. I know I've spoke pretty freely about it. I'm I'm never going to live in an HOA again for the rest of my life. Um, I think you put people, uh, you put decision financial decisions in the hands of people that sometimes aren't capable of running their own financial life. They got elected, you know, president. They won a popularity contest because everybody likes them when they get drunk at the pool. And, you know, but the reality is they don't know how to use a calculator. They don't know how to use ma- They don't know how to do math and they don't understand the implications of limiting financing and not paying the money for these reports and how it's going to affect people's value. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think a lot of people are unfortunately going to see what it's like having an HOA um, board of people that probably have not done a lot in business and don't have the, the um, analytical skills to make the decisions necessary to make good financial decisions, Mike. I think you, I think your community, if you're in the realm, is in safe hands. But well, but thanks. there but there are some out there that, yes, that are right. And and you know I think that that unfortunately is going to rear its ugly head. There are going to be people that are going to lose money and lose equity in their condo because of who is on the board and how limited their business experience is and how much they're going to mess this up. Um, it's it sucks, but it's the reality of it. And um, it, it's it's one of the reasons why as a you know, per, real estate purchaser and real estate investor, I steer clear of condos a lot of times because you're putting, you're putting your financial stuff in the hands of somebody that could make bad decisions. Now, does that mean condos aren't right for people or whatever? There, I mean, there's I, the majority of the condo associations that are probably amazing, but there's some bad apples. And if you get stuck in a bad apple and make a bad decision, then you're, you know, you're dealing with the consequences. So I, I tend to avoid uh, per, in my personal purchases right. and my investment purchases. I tend to avoid. 
um, you know, those opportunities because of, of things that can backfire. So, but you're right. It, we'll have six months or a year from now, most of this will probably get sorted. But, yep. but again, you live in a condo, expect an assessment. The money's got to come from somewhere, you know, and if, and if the, the association you're in doesn't have huge reserves, it's, you know, it's got to get paid for or else people aren't going to be able to get loans. It's going to yeah, come from somewhere. And, and again, like I said, I think a lot of people are waiting on ordering these. Or the, the associates are ordering these engineering reports because they're not sure what needs to be in them. The engineering yeah. reports don't know how detailed they need to be. Like there's, there's a lot of legislation out there in the different counties in Florida. I know Pinellas has legislation out there right now that they're waiting on deciding what the new rules are going to be in right. light of the Surfside it's a lot of It's a lot of gray area that has to sort yes. itself out. So there's going to be you know, a lot of complications and a roller coaster of sorts, uh, getting mortgages on condo buildings and then condo buildings getting turned down for mortgages because they don't meet certain criteria. So again, if you're buying a condo with financing, just prepare for uh, some hoops to jump through or potentially the building being declined. You know, I have people ask me all the time, like, well, my credit's great. You know, I got great income. How are they going to decline me? They're not declining because of you. They're right, declining, declining because, because of the building. building. Yep. You know, because they're entering into a business relationship, not just to get money from you, but that the condo association will be a good steward of their investment and not make decisions that hurt the value that it consequently end up causing you to end up in foreclosure. 100%. So, so again, you've uh, been listening to the Dunkin' Duo Real Estate Show. Hope you had an awesome Gasparilla. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Hope you're staying warm and bundled up yes. on this chilly day. And uh, hopefully our sunshine and rainbow weather is coming back this week. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.